Welcome to the Harwood Hustle powered by PGC Basketball. We believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. This week, TJ and Sam talk X's and O's all about the 1 3 1 defense, how to implement it, different ways of running it, where its strengths and weaknesses lie, and how you can best prepare your team when facing it this coming season. Before we start, a quick word from Manawatsa. Hi, coach. It's Mono here, president of PGC. Our friends at NOAA have created an amazing technology to help players measure the, their arc and trajectory of their shot. As you're probably familiar with their systems that are used in high schools, colleges, and NBA arenas across America, they've now created an app that players can use in their backyard, driveway, or at the gym to measure their own arc, to know if they're shooting too high or not high enough. And on every shot they take, with the use of their Hoops app, it'll call out to them their arc so that they can course correct helping them to get better faster. You can have them visit the hoopsapp.com forward slash PGC, or they can just simply go to the app store and download the Hoops app today. Give it a try, coach, and then share it with your players so that they can become better shooters faster. Coaches, welcome to the Hardwood Hustle. We're going to jump into some hoops today. You know, we get a lot of questions about the one three one. Either they want to run the one three one defense or they struggle against it offensively. Uh, and I've been on both ends of it where I think we've ran a really good one three one defense and, and I think we've found some solutions against going against it. There's also reasons our one three one hasn't worked at times. So we just got recently done in implementing it in practice and playing against it, kind of fresh fresh on top of my mind about the one three one. So we're going to go on both sides of the ball, Sam. We're going to talk offense and defense. Let's start out on the defensive side of the ball, one three one. I'm going to talk about some things that I think are really important to do to make sure your one three one is effective, but I'd love to have you start talking about the benefits and the lack there of benefits, some negative things um, about the one, three, one. So what's your overall view on the one, three, one? Well, one, three, one, the benefits are, I think with any zone defense teams are typically better with their man offense than their zone offense. So right out of the gate, that's, that's one benefit. Another one is it's can be a momentum changer. There's different ways we'll talk through about, uh, ways you can run the one through one, but in some ways you can use it as a momentum changer. Uh, maybe you have a one through one team. I think you'll talk some about that. Um, that creates some offense for you, gets the other team disrupted and yeah, just changes the momentum of the game. Maybe you're down eight and you throw it at them and it can be a, you know, shift and, and change the game. You may be able to play the third benefit TJ is, playing certain personnel and players in the one, three, one that might not be effective or, or um, as valuable in your base defense, whether that's a man to man or something else. Those are three main benefits right out of the gate. Um, I'll I'll share more ideas as we go, but I'll I'll stop there. Yeah, that's good. And, and, you know, let's, I'm going to break down the one, three, one for just a second. And I think build on some of the points that you just shared there, but You know, one of the reasons, like if you choose to run zone, I think most coaches think, hey, we might run some zone this year. Which one should it be? Two, three, one, three, one, one, two, two. You're trying to go through all of the things that you 
you know, might possibly run this year. So I'm going to go with the positives first. And I think you alluded to a lot of them. And then we'll talk more about the negatives. But when we think think about the positives, I think it's really important to know and to really think through, like, what kind of defense is this? You know, like, what what does this actually create? Uh, what, What does this make happen? And the one three one, I think of. You tell me if you think different. I think of more of an as an aggressive defense. You know, I think of a two three more of, of a safety defense. You know, you're trying to and and I and I recognize you could play a little bit safer in the one three one. You could play a little bit more aggressive in the two three, but just by the nature of the formation, I think the one three one is in a more aggressive defense. And another thing is a lot of times if you make a mistake if you don't get to the corner and trap enough, if they make straight line passes, and we'll go over this week, the offensive side of the ball, it can really put you in a pinch more so than sometimes the two, three can put you in a pinch. So I think you have to have some element of risk there because you said it was a momentum changer. And the reason it can be a momentum changer is because it is aggressive, because it does create some offense like you talked about as well. It does create some opportunities for you. So I I think going into it, you need to, one have the personality for it you got to be it's a little bit more high risk high reward but it can also be one of those where you make a mistake and you pay for it so i think you got to have the personality for it you got to be okay with some mistakes happening you got to be okay with hey we got two turnovers but they got a wide open three can you live with that scenario of, of exchanges and i think that's a big part of making the decision of running a run through one yeah, and I, I agree that it, it can be aggressive. You can also use a one three one and pack it back in that's not as aggressive and you're you're protecting your middle, you're extending out the shooters on the wings, you know, you are vulnerable maybe in the corners, but you can pack it back and do an arc, you know, pick up at the arc. So I think I want to clarify with coaches, I think most of us and what you're referring to is when you extend it out towards half court. And, and you put some pressure in the corner, the four corners of the court. Um, so I think that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But I also think it can be a little bit dangerous, even if, if you pack it in there from this scenario, is because the rotations aren't super clean. Like if you have the ball on the right wing and you throw to the right corner, right, who is guarding that? So is, is it the person that was on the wing or is it the low person? So I think that just creates longer – movement it does protect the middle better like you said but it creates if you're going to guard the perimeter as well it creates longer closeouts and exchanges than a two three which i think can put you at a little bit more risk yeah okay that's fair enough and i think we'll we'll unpack ways to be more effective you know against the one three one and do well yeah let's go there so with with your one three one do you want to go into some of the tangible tactical ways coaches can run it to be effective yeah yeah so overall big picture we run three different calls out of our one three one hot warm and cold and so we're looking for something different out of those three things and you know cold to your point would be a little bit more packed in it would be a little bit more safe than our hot our hot would be really aggressive so we're doing different things in hot warm and cold but hot's ultra aggressive Cold is less aggressive and and warm is a little bit in between. And so I won't go into depth on all three of those, but basically in warm, we'd be trapping up top. We'd be trapping in the corners. We'd be super aggressive. In cold, we wouldn't actually trap at all. We would just go in for our one, three, one. When the ball goes to the corner, we would morph into a two, three. And then with the warm, um, we would, we would trap the corners only. And so those are the three different things that we're looking for in the one, three, one. 
But what I really think, you know, I think a lot of coaches stop there. We're just setting this one, three, one up to trap you and turn you over. But what really leads to turnovers in the one, three, one, I've found that a lot of the best turnovers in one, three, one, not don't come from traps. They come from indecisive players, like players not knowing what to do. So you don't always have to force the issue to get turnovers in the one, three, one. And I'm going to give you three really important teaching points when running the one, three, one from a defensive standpoint. First of all, and we'll talk about this in a minute, what beats you? What beats you in a one, three, one is straight line passes and middle penetration. I think those two things can really, really hurt you. And so one of the things that we spend a lot of time on is getting into the passing lane. So from a wing, some of the terminology that we would use there over and up, over and up, like over to the sideline first and then towards the ball. Most of our natural instinct, because we run man, is to go from my position to the ball. The one, three, one, we're going to the sideline. So we're going over and then up to the ball. So it's a little bit of change in motion, but it's really, really important because if you go straight at the ball, you can take a bad angle, which leads to straight line passes, which can really hurt you in your one, three, one defense. Second one is the that middle penetration. Like when that ball is coming down the middle, you know, we typically umbrella cover that. You know, so there's the wing and then there's the top, but it's really important that your middleman does a great job of coming at and stunning penetration before it gets too deep. So we meet it at the three point line. If that penetration gets deep around the elbow, then the defense sucks in. And then if they get the ball out of there, the closeouts are really hard. So, you know, over and up, meet the penetration at the three point line. And then a third thing for that bottom guy always play above because screening that middle or that bottom guy can really hurt you because it slows down your rotation. So always playing above anybody that's down there so that you can go, if you lock and trail on the baseline out to the corner, you're going to be late a lot. So those are three things that we really try and emphasize. I mean, there's a lot of teaching points, things that go into it, but over and up, meet penetration is the three point line and stay above the lowest person in the bottom on the, when you're the bottom person on the one, three, one. Yeah. Two, two things I want to highlight. You said one, one thing you said was no straight line passing, no direct penetration. Well, I would, I would say that's something you would, you would want in any defense you play. Like you want to try to eliminate that from the opponent because straight line passing that ball is moving. Closeouts are harder. Rotations are harder. And so, which builds into my second point that you highlighted which having coached against you, you know, back to my college coaching days and having coached against your one through one that y'all did really effectively, which is you forced lobs and you forced bounce passes because you were rotating to the passing lane and not into the, the penetration lane. And so that that small teaching point is really, really effective. And so, yeah, I think I think if coaches just did that, if they're running a one through one, would find a lot of a lot of success. And I'll say this too: when you're going against a one through one, and it it creates indecision and uncertainty. So if you have a wing running out to the the passing lane where they would normally be able to pass it, but they're unsure. Wait, do I penetrate right into the middle where there's already built in defense? 
So you already have a little bit of this in, in, uh, indecision and uncertainty from the offense. And, I was, and then last thing, TJ, I was talking with a high school coach actually this morning here in Georgia, as, as you may know, like we're moving to a shot clock. So they're already phasing it in this year, and then next year it'll be full go. But there's a lot of regions that are going to play shot clock throughout the year. And we were talking this morning about, you know, he at, at 10 seconds, he might go to a 1-3-1. So they, that might be a call. They'll be playing, and then it gets to 10 and go 10. You could call it 10, and your team, boom, goes right into one three one. That would be hard to attack in the last 10, 8, 9 seconds of a shot clock. You know, and I'm a, I'm a man-to-man defensive guy, so I'm, but I do think one three one or whatever zone defense that you can throw and have in your back pocket is important. Yeah. You know, I, I want to build on – I don't want to beat a dead horse, but the idea of over and up and getting in the passing lane, you know, I think in your man-to-man or a 2-3 zone, like you're just trying not to let them just whip the ball around. But the reality of it is if the ball goes from the top to the wing in a 2-3 – there's somebody there to cover. Like they've already cheated out towards that. In the one three one, you have to make them throw bounce passes and lobs because if they were to throw it from the right wing to the corner, that bottom person has a very long closeout. And so it's it's even more like in man, you might be on the rope, which is kind of like fingertips in the passing lane or something like that, you know. But in the one three one, you need your entire body in the passing lane. Like that, you have to be a wall. Like you can't just have fingertips there. They've got to throw over or around you. They cannot throw through you. Like it is more crucial in the one three one than it is any defense because those passes will really beat you because of your formation. So like getting the entire body in that passing lane, not just fingertips, is crucial in, in running one three one and stunning people. And then you made another point there, Sam, that I thought was really good. When you talked about that, um, you know, do I throw it when their body's there? Do I drive it into where help is? One of the unique things about the one three one is all of a sudden they're making reads that they haven't been making because those are unusual reads. You know what I mean? All of a sudden there's a body in the passing lane, but if I drive it here, there's people there. that that's unusual. Well, and and because it's unusual because there's nobody guarding you. Like you could catch it in the right slot or or pushed out extended slot. And nobody's guarding you, and there, but there's three or four defenders look, you know, within 12 feet of you looking at you, and that's just uncommon to your point. Is there anything else on the defensive side of it before we dive on the offensive side? Yeah, I got a couple more points that I think that are just really important on the defensive side. And so you you touched on one of them, like not every pass has to be trapped. Sometimes just the indecisiveness can get that turnover. That's important too. And a lot of times players, it's hard when they get in that mode, they're just going to trap everything and that can get you out of, of where you need to be. Um, another thing that I would like to say is one of the issues in the one, three, one that I think you really need to train is the rebounding. So the, when a shot comes up from that strong side, right over there, you have your post player on the strong side. You have all, you have two of your guards on the strong side. So it's really important that you flood opposite. So you'll have somebody that's boxing out the weak side, but a ton of those rebounds go long. And so your guards need to build the habit. If you have a guard at the nail or the free throw line and another guard strong side, you need the one at the nail to run weak side and you need the one strong side to run to the nail. You really got to push and run opposite of the shot in the one, three, one. Otherwise you see a lot of rebounds 
you know, even though they've got a box out, you see a lot of rebounds go over their head and won by the offense because we haven't flooded that side. So that's a habit I think you really have to build into your rebounding of of the one three one defense. One last thing I would mention on the defense that coaches consider is don't don't trap the best player. So if you're trapping one three one, you could have a designated player on the other team that anytime they catch, we're hot. So we're hot on Ricky. You know, the other guy's player's name, Ricky, whatever it is. But we only trap because we know that player is turnover susceptible and they don't handle pressure as well. So you might have one or two players and you may stay away. That best player, you know, almost likes for you to trap him because he's going to play four on three and make the right decision. So I think coaches can consider that as well. Yeah, that's good. And another just little wrinkle I'd throw in there for coaches to consider is, you know, if you want to be aggressive, like so, but also want to be a little bit safe, when the ball goes from, again, I'll just use the right wing to the corner or the left wing to the corner, it doesn't matter which one. The, if you have a, a guard on the bottom and they go close out there, your post player drops into the post and you're automatically in a 2-3 zone. So one thing that can be really effective is when the ball goes to the corner, you can just drop into a two, three. So we do that a lot in our cold is we start one, three, one, see if we can get a trap up top. If we don't get something, when the ball goes to the corner, we're just into two, three. And it changes the look of everything without moving your players a lot. So it's a good variation. If, if you could ever watch some film, I think Ole Miss does a good job of this, of, of going from their one, three, one to the two, three and, and kind of changing the possession up a little bit. Yeah, I like it. Well, moving into the offensive side, TJ, I got five things for coaches. I'll just rattle off and we can either unpack them, you can disagree with them or build on them. Um, so here they are. I think these five things, if you do against a one three one, you can find effectiveness. Run it, screen it, match it, or rebound it, and overload it. And I'll say those five again. Run it, screen it, match it rebound it and overload it. I think when you do those five things and if you know, run, it means just beat it down the court, screen it, self-explanatory and and not just, not just off ball screens, but also ball screening, which we can talk about match. It means what do most teams do against a one, three, one, they play a, what a two, one, two, that's their alignment. They go to a two guard front, you know, there's effectiveness and matching it and going to a one, three, one, offensive look against that where yeah again the the general philosophy is against a two three zone what do you do you go to a one guard front against a any any odd front you go to a a two guard front so uh rebound it crash the boards i think that's one reason i don't like running a one three one a whole lot is because you're you're susceptible to missing assignments on box outs and then overload it you know that that it is what it is. You overload a side and get them out of sorts. Yeah, I think all of those are really good. I probably just add one to it, which is knife it or drive it. You know, and it's specifically one of the things that times I think you should drive it. A lot of times, if you just bring the ball over half court and you try and penetrate the middle of that one three one, you're not going to have a lot of success. But if you can get ball reversal and then drive that gap or knife that middle right there, I think you can get some good drives and you start backing the one, three, one up and you can get the ball swinging a little bit better. So I think taking those opportunities, 
you know, uh, to, to drive it as well. Because one of the things that I think a lot of people do against the one, three, one is they get really stagnant against it. And I think you have to continue to be aggressive and driving the ball is one way to be aggressive. And so I, I, I would just add that one to it. And then the habit of pass faking, moving the defense without, without moving the ball um, is, is really important. So I think you need to make sure that you're, you're pass faking, like your team has the skills of pass faking. And I think that uh, knifing it could be uh, another really important one. And, and this may be obvious, but I'm going to say it. Why pass faking is important or effective is because the one three one defense is designed to move quickly and move on airtime and get there and trap hard. So when you use ball fakes, they're going to they're going to bite on them because they're trying to get to their area or get to their coverage. So do you want to do you want to unpack um, a couple more of these? Yeah, well, I think I think a lot of them are self-explanatory. The one that we might want to unpack a little bit is match it. You know, like I think that's a really good tactic. Like if we were to chalk war a little bit this, you know, offense and defensively. So your idea of matching it is basically going to a one three one alignment, right? And it's very hard to trap when you're matched like that. Now, if I was to go to the defensive side of the ball on the one three one, this is where I think cold can be effective. Because if you're just going to match me, I'm not going to trap it. I'm just going to stay matched with you, right? And that and hope that it, you know my matchups are good and I can I can pressure the ball and you're not getting good ball movement. You become stagnant. But if a one three one is all about getting traps and pressure, that really matching it with that alignment can be really hard, and you can get yourself into some good one on one matchups. For instance, your post player on the little guard down there, right? You can get yourself into some good situations. Uh, by matching the one three one, yeah. So to build on that, what do most teams do? They put their small, their point guard on the back end of the one three one because they got to cover baseline to baseline. They got to be fast and speedy. And so on a match, you have your point guard bring it across half court in the center of the court rather than up the sideline. You'd put, let's say, your four man or four woman right there in the high post, match to the middle. Put your two wings in the wings, and then put a big. And you're looking to throw one to five. If you if you can't make that pass, you just go high low and your your four post up in the high post, catches, looks high low. You can dive your wings down to the corner for a quick corner threes if they're open or they get ball watching. So if 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 you went cold on it, this is where I would combine a couple things and I would screen it. So you can do some uh, some cross screening where you take TJ, you take the right wing offensive player. Now I don't know if this will be hard for coaches to follow visually, but that right wing would would go sprint screen into the middle man or woman. The middle offensive player screens the outside wing player. Are you tracking me so far? And then boom, they knife it. The point guard tries to knife it right through there and create some two-on-one at the rim with their big. So when you when you play games within the games and there's some gamesmanship and you're you're trying to counter what I'm doing, uh, then you got to combine some of those um, where you you screen it and knife it along with match it. Yeah. And I, I think like any defense, you're trying to find a good matchup for yourself. Like you know, so-and-so knifing it down here is good for us. Our big posted on their little is good for us. Like you're trying to find advantage situations. 
you know, in our PGC coaching platform, I did a course on, on zones. And, you know, one of the things that you were just talking about, and this is your point number two, screen it. One of the things that I think coaches need to pay attention to is screening any zone. doesn't matter. One, three, one, two, three doesn't always have to be for a bucket. I think a lot of times we say, well, let's set this screen so so-and-so can get a shot or let's set this screen so so-and-so can get a drive. In reality, one of the things that makes a good zone defense is they flow really fast. They check off the ball. Let's say in a two, three, they bump in a one, three, one, they get to the corner. Sometimes all you have to do is slow down their rotations. So if you screen that bottom guy in the one, three, one, just to make them slower to get out from corner to corner can stretch the defense. Sometimes the top guy who usually goes from free throw line to block, if you screen them, they can be late to the block and that can hurt a team. And so it doesn't always have to be for a shot. It can oftentimes just be to slow down their rotations and their movement. And then all of a sudden they get into a disadvantaged situation because they were late to the bump or they were late to the corner or something like that. So, you know, setting four or five, six screens just to slow their rotation can be just as effective as a screen to get a shot. It can create the shot by just slowing the rotation. Yeah. And then as far as rebounding goes, I don't know. This is a general thought, TJ. Well, let me let me stop. I want to ask you a question and I'm going to share my thought. What what's your current rebound offensive board coverage philosophy? Man to man or zone? Um, okay, both. Yeah, well, I mean, in man to man, I mean, I, I think I know what you're getting at. In man to man, you're typically boxing your guy, you know, the one that you have, and so there's real high clarity there on who you're boxing out in any zone, in particular the one three one. There's a lack of clarity. On Sorry, who I'm 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 talking about your offensive board. Or are you explain? Are you getting to that? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I was talking defensively, but yeah, offensively, yeah. one of the things that we're trying to do and we're trying to get, get done is like we've assigned people that are offensive rebounders and we've signed those that get back in transition, you know, and in the zone offensive rebounding, what we would do is we'd really have them try not to get screened because that person in the zone has to come find them. And so we want to make as many 50, 50 balls as we can. Okay. Yeah. The, the old Pat Summit quote, which some people will be like, oh, well, that's old school thinking, but it, the, I don't know if you've heard it. Offense sells tickets, defense wins games, rebounding wins championships. That's Pat Summit, eight time national champion. And I know we've moved away in our game over the last uh, five to 10 years from an uh, from a heavy offensive board crash. Like you just, teams, teams don't do it as much. I think you're going to start to see a little bit more of a shift back there and teams doing it more. But the the philosophy moved away because teams wanted to get their defense set and get it back. But I do think coaches should have an offensive board philosophy and be, you know, I I think it can be the same for man and zone. You might might talk about where to attack on your crash, but I, I, I think this is an overlooked, undercoached part of today's game. And I think it, it plays into the zone defense. Why do you think it's going to shift back? Well, trends shift. And I, I think we've seen a little bit of it shift at the higher level. Um, I don't have in front of me analytics to support what I'm saying. So feel free to call me out on, on Twitter or somebody watching or listening. But yeah, I, I think we're going to see it just because 
I think there's more opportunities. And I think coaches, you started to see it a little bit. Yeah. At the higher levels, I feel like at the, uh, you know, NBA level. Yeah. You know, one of the offensive rebounding philosophies that we have is create a triangle. So we always want to have somebody to rebound the middle, somebody to rebound the weak side, somebody to rebound the strong side. So, you know, a lot of times you need to work out of where you are. So if you're in the middle, we say try and work one spot over. So if you're in the middle, work to the weak side. If you're on the strong side, work to the middle. You know, like create a place where you can go and we can have three people rebounding each angle that they could possibly miss at. And defensively, a lot of times we talk about protecting the triangle, you know, like making sure that we've got, you know, coverage on all three sides to get the rebound. And I say that's a general rebounding philosophy for us. Yeah. Well, there's three things you can do when you shoot it. What do you think most players do? My my estimation. I think most players stand. They freeze. Yeah. Which is the worst thing you can do. You can you can crash, you can stand or get back. And most players stand. So I, I just again, I think there's an opportunity there to to rebound hard against the zone and just in general. Yeah. So coaches, we could go on for a long time about this in the one three one, but hopefully we gave you a pretty general overview of the of the strengths of the one three one defense, some tips on how to execute the one three one defense better, and then also how do we effectively attack a one three one defense and then finally going over a little bit of the rebounding philosophy there so that we're covering the offense, the defense, and the rebounding. And, you know, there's benefits and, and drawbacks on, on both ends of it. I think a lot of it goes to do what you do well and teach what you do well. So, you know, throwing the one, three, one out there without being able to teach it well can be really dangerous, but if you can teach it really well, it can be really effective. So you got to be aware of, of how well you teach it. You got to know the details. I think that's true on offense or defense. How well do you know the details? Cause that's usually what makes an offense run well or a defense run well is how well do I know the details? So, Hey coaches, thanks for joining us for this one, three, one conversation. We'd love to hear any thoughts that you have. It's at hardwood underscore hustle. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So send them to us on Twitter. Hey, he is Sam. I am TJ. We are the hardwood hustle. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the hardwood hustle, where we believe in the value of a coach. Our goal is to bring you quality content and journey with you. We appreciate all our loyal listeners and can't wait to be with you again next week.